guys, I'm Jen, owner of Jen Davis Design. And I'm Giselle, owner of Wander Design Co. We're so excited to welcome you to Better, a brand designer podcast. We have open and honest discussions about what it's really like to run a design business, diving into the stuff you just don't see on Instagram. We're all about giving you actionable advice and fostering a supportive community of the coworkers you're missing. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Hey guys, welcome back to Better, the Brand Designer Podcast. Today we are super, super excited to have Becca from Sky High Interactive with us. But before we jump into our conversation with her, we always start with our intro questions. So I'm going to let Giselle go first. Giselle, what is hands down your favorite part of the branding or web design process? First of all, Becca, I'm really excited that you're here with us today. And my favorite hands down favorite part of the branding and web design process has to be after we did the discovery phase and we're actually getting into the design part and exploring all sorts of ways that we're going to implement a design like that is my favorite because the possibilities are endless and you get to like look at all this inspiration and put a bunch of things together and really use our creative brains so for sure becca do you want to go next sure yeah well it's funny because i was actually going to say something similar but I think working on different clients that are in different industries and have different set of slightly different aesthetic or different values or a different mission, it really kind of retrains your brain. I am from an agency background where I like constantly, you know, I'd be working on Adidas for like three years in a row. And so you're like, just feel like you're constantly doing the same thing over and over. And now it's it's really exciting that every project is a new opportunity and you're like you know you're you get so used to that color palette those fonts those styles that kind of set direction that when you can work on a new project you're like starting from scratch and that's like a completely blank page in the book and i love that part so yeah i agree with you that's awesome yeah you guys probably know my answer. I like I like making mood boards. That's like my favorite thing. If I could just sit around and make mood boards randomly for like nothing, I would. I think it's so fun. I think there's something to do with like my background in art and I don't know, something like that. But I, I just like looking at them. I like making them. I like seeing other people's mood boards. You know, it's just is such such an inspiring part of the process for me. All right, so let's get into our topic for today. Um, this is relevant to us because we have had a lot of listeners um, reach out to us about doing a podcast on parenting while building a business while working from home. I know that's something that a lot of us are not dealing with, but that's a reality for a lot of um, a lot of people is being a parent, being a primary caregiver for your children while also taking care of your clients, while also running your house and doing the laundry and all of those things. Um, so um, Becca is someone I really look up to um, in this field. I mean, a lot of different areas I looked up to her, but we wanted to have her on not only because I um, freelance for her and we have that relationship, but because like she has two adorable little kiddos and she gives me hope for when I am a mom in the future. So same. Yes. Yeah, so sure. like that's something that I, I want to have kids and I want like my studio wander design to like support our family in the future. Yes. So we're really excited to have you Becca and talk about all these things. Great. Thank you. Yeah. So did you want to um, start out by introducing yourself and just letting our listeners know a little bit about your background, kind of how you got to where you are, how Sky High started um, and then where you're going in the future? 
Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I feel like this segment alone, I could probably talk for like 30 minutes. Okay. So uh, to keep it short and sweet, I actually did not go to school for graphic design, any design. I went to school for elementary education. Uh, So since I was like a wee babe, I thought I was going to be a teacher. I always wanted to be a teacher until I was probably... I would say like a junior in college. And I called my dad. I like vividly remember this moment calling my dad and being like, I don't want to do this anymore. And he was like, said something to the effect of like, well, you're in it this far. You might as well just like get your degree and then we'll figure it out after, which like, I'm not saying that's the best advice, but what I did realize really early on is I wasn't, I, I kind of told myself like, I'm not going to let this, the fact that I don't have a design degree hold me back. And that work ethic is really like what I attribute all of my success to. I started really like at the ground, ground, ground level. Like after graduating, you know, like many 21 year olds at that time, probably moved back home. I got a job at a startup. So there was like two guys who needed just like a intern essentially to like do all the grunt work. And I, um, I did everything. And that's where I really learned. I started learning Adobe programs. I would do customer service calls. I pretty much did everything except for sales because like nobody wants at that point as a 21 year old, like nobody wants to give me the phone and like start making sales, sales calls. But I really was able to just get my hands dirty and, and learn it all. And from there, I started realizing this love of design and I wanted to learn more and I didn't have anyone above me who, you know, everything I showed them, they were like, this is great. Like, we love it. And like, I needed creative direction. So I started at small agencies working as a production designer. A friend had an agency and I would just go in once a week with a full-time job or twice a week and do like resizing digital ads and things like that. And that turned into building up my portfolio on the side. And um, I got getting a job as a junior designer and just like really climbing up that ladder. I spent my career in both agencies, you know, in Los Angeles, in Boston, in Seattle, like all across working on a lot of big name brands, working on a lot of pitch deck, really like in my twenties, it was like, you know, 8am to like midnight like all nighters sometimes, like, but that's kind of what you have to do. And I learned so, so, so much. I had my first baby. And shortly after that, when I was on maternity leave, I realized that I really wanted to start my own business and I was ready to kind of go off on my own. And that's um, how Sky High was born. Wow. That's so brave. (laughs) Thank you. And it worked out. Like, guys don't know uh, Becca from Sky High. She is killing it. She's doing such an amazing job. And that's why we're also very excited to have her on board today. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I will say that the biggest kind of fallacy or misconception of being an entrepreneur is I thought, oh, it's going to give me like all this free time and I'm going to be able to take vacations whenever I want them. And I'm going to be able to spend all this time with my kids. And I was coming from like, you know, six figure, well-paying jobs with like amazing benefits, amazing vacation time. You know, it's hard to walk away from that in some ways. But at the same time, I was like glamorizing the life of an entrepreneur, which I think it's easy to do. And what I really quickly realized is And I'll also be honest, like I was the main breadwinner in our house, which, and I'll I'll talk a little bit about that later as well, but it put a lot of pressure on me. So I knew that I had it in me. I knew that I could do it. I knew that Sky High was going to be big and I, and I wanted it really badly, but you know, we're all dealing with the same 24 hours in a day. Like there, I don't have an extra advantage to anybody else. And it was this constant struggle of like, I feel like 
I can't run any faster in this, in this rat race, in this wheel. Like I can't get, I'm just like, as fast as I go, I'm not making significantly more money or enough money. And, and then, you know, I'm not, um, there's still the kind of these typical ebbs and flows. There's still these really low periods, not necessarily because you're not making enough money. I was still really busy, but I wasn't necessarily spending enough time or I didn't feel like I was spending enough time with my, with my daughter or my husband or seeing friends. So there's, you know, you, you kind of, it balances like what you, you might have the extra hours or you're working at home, but it's definitely not as kind of quote unquote, the easy life as a lot of people might think it is. We're not all sitting yeah. by the pool with a margarita on our laptop. <laughs> I mean, I would say like only four days a week. That's me. Like, you know, which is significantly decreased. I mean, you yeah. do, you do, you do live in California. So. <laughs> oh God. Yes, this is true. Now people are actually going to think that, right? When California are you in? So we moved from Boston to Los Angeles almost two years ago. So that was a big move, a big decision. If you really like look at the timeline, I, my poor husband, like we have moved, I think seven times in the past four years, like across and not just, you know, moving like towns. It's been like Los Angeles to Seattle, Seattle to Boston, Boston to back to Los Angeles, like moving expenses alone would like probably be a salary for somebody. Honestly, so, I feel that. I mean, as a military yeah, spouse, I, yeah, we, well, I, I, I did just move. It wasn't for the military just because I wanted to have a bigger house, <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah moving oh, yeah, is like its own job. Like the entire month of January, I was, you know, running back and forth with, you know, setting up my laptop on the couch or, you know, at the table, we didn't have chairs and, you know, it just, it's crazy. But yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about when you had your first baby and what that kind of changed for you in terms, obviously, and inspired you in, in some way to kind of go off and start your, your own business. We talked about expectation versus reality on, you know, moving to this entrepreneur kind of lifestyle. But what did you think your life was going to be like while raising your daughter? And then what was it actually like while trying to build Sky High and then also, you know, caring for her? Man, so starting with when you find out you're pregnant, it's like you're flooded with questions. You're flooded with emotions, not to mention as a mother, like your hormones are like through the roof. So you're already like crying from like a commercial and then like and like happy this next second. So you're going through so much anyway. But then the second this baby's brought into the world, like you have so many questions about if you're doing it the right way, how to parent, how to be the best parent, how to be the best version of a parent. For me, it was really important. And I always, I think my work ethic and my passion and my drive has really always made it solidified it in my head that like I have to work as a mom. I just and I think for the moms out there who are, you know, decide to stay at home, if that's your choice and if that's something that you're, you know, happy with your heart to do, then like fully support that and lean into that. And I think that that's great. It's just personally for me, I needed to work for A, to show my daughter, my children, like what a strong woman looks like, a strong working woman who can support financially support the family. But also it was really important for me to have a career and to have something kind of on for my for myself and, and really follow my own dreams apart from being a mother. So my husband and I had so many questions and you're faced with, like we were faced with all this kind of mom guilt as 
um, people refer to it as like, you never feel like you're doing the best job. You know, you always feel like, like I should be, um, when I'm working and I feel like I should be spending more time with my, with my good daughter and now with both my kids, if I'm, if I'm spending time with them, I feel like, Oh, like these clients are waiting for me. I should be doing that. I should be working. If I'm at yoga, I feel like I should be working. If, if I'm working, I feel like I should be doing, uh, the laundry or cleaning. You know, it's like, it's hard to feel like you're doing everything that you should be doing when in reality, like but that's completely normal and expected. And that's the, and that's just it. It's like, it's impossible to be doing everything right, but it is this ebb and flow. And I think what works for us and the way that we kind of get around that is by having a great, I have a great partnership with my husband and with my husband's family. I mean, one of the biggest reasons that we moved out to LA is for support. And I think one of the biggest ways that it works for us, one of the ways that we make it work for us is by calling on support. And I firmly believe that my sister-in-law picked up my daughter and brought her to school literally every morning for six months when we first moved here because I was pregnant and I, I found out I was pregnant, by the way, the day we got to LA, the day that we landed in LA, moved here, I went to Living Space as a furniture store with my husband and sister-in-law and I went to the bathroom and I was like, found out that day. The universe gives you what you can handle, but I also believe that you have to ask for help when you feel like you need it. And it's, and it's up to us, you know, like you can implode, you know, woe is me, but like at the end of the day, you know, your capacity and you know, your limit. And I could not be where I am and sky high could not be where it is right now. If I didn't have the support of my husband, if I didn't have the support of my sister-in-law and my mother-in-law and my family and friends and my, and my contractor, my, my family of sky high, like those are all, that's all support that is invaluable to me. And is like my, it's the reason that I'm successful. I feel like I just went on a total tangent. No, that was (laughs) so good. Cause like something that Giselle and I talk about all the time, especially, you know, Giselle is like working on really building up um, Wander Design Co. And, you know, kind of stepping into that creative director role more, you know, I'm starting slowly to hire some, you know, some support for my business. It's, it's hard. It's hard in your mind to admit not only to other people, but to yourself, like, I can't do everything. Like, I just feel like all three of us have that mindset to where we want to be this, this like super woman and like we can be, but like in order to get to that level, like we need to have support and we need to like let ourselves know that it's okay to say, I can't do all this and have the laundry done on time. You know, like I can't do all this and like just all the things that we feel like we're responsible for. So I think that's a mindset shift that takes practice. You really hit something for me too about like feeling guilty when you're not working. Where you're like, for example, for me, I don't have kids, but I, my husband and I really spend a lot of time together going out climbing and like backpacking and camping and road tripping. And this last summer I was working three days a week. And then like the rest of the time I was just like in the mountains in the Sierra in California. And every time I was out away from my computer, I felt guilty just being out there when the reason I started Wander Design is to do those things. So it's almost like I had created a monster. And then um, like Jen was saying too, like getting over that mind shift 
are doing that mind shift where, you know, you want to, you have to accept help and then feeling guilty that that person was doing the work that you should be doing. And I had to get over that as well. (laughs) Well, so it's, it's interesting. And so two things come to mind. One is to kind of piggyback off the first thing you said, which is that in, this is a pre, this is a misconception or kind of a, a fallacy of like the entrepreneur, right? Is that when it's your business, it doesn't turn off. When you work at a nine to five, you can close the laptop at the end of the day and you can, you know, say on Friday, I'm going to leave it at the office or, you know, even if you bring it home, but like you might answer an email here or there, but you don't wake up at 2 a.m. like with these thoughts in your head and have to write them down and always thinking about it. And, you know, and, and I did have periods in my agency life when that would be the case because I was working so hard. And I think it was then when I was like, if I'm going to work this hard, it's going to be for my own business. It's not going to be for somebody else. Right. right? <laughs> um, because I naturally like working hard. But when it's your own business, like it is hard to turn that off. And maybe that's also a good thing that like we're passionate, right? Like I'm always, I can't wait to get to my computer and um, and see what my team has to show me and see what my what next project is on my plate and see what like that excites me so much. But, you know, obviously on the other side of that, it's like me at 11 o'clock when my husband's like, we're trying to like watch a TV program on Netflix. And I'm like, I just have to finish what I'm doing because I like can't put it down because it's just like I love doing it. So it's this constant like tugging, you know, pull. And then I just finished project for uh, Carolyn Saldo, who is a, um, a business coach, very successful business coach. And she gave me some advice and I thought it was really wise. And I was like, after this, um, I, it changed a lot of my business. She was like, you need to stop being the mouse clicker and start being the visionary. And so basically what that does for me is what I, I realized that the second I brought on Jen, Jen was the first person that I hired. We hired in Sky High. Good choice. Which I mean, look, <laughs> like, out. and I will say, shout out beyond belief. Like you are, and I'm not saying this to like, you know, get myself <laughs> points here. <laughs> Sounds like it. But Honestly, that was the best decision. One of the best decisions that we've made for Sky High, because what it did was it also, I mean, and it's not to say that you're great. I'm not going to, I'm just kidding. but (laughs) But really, but really what it did was it also realizing that it's okay to relinquish a little bit of control. I am so type A and I'm such a perfectionist and my level of work like needs to be up here. And I thought nobody can do it. Like I can, like, I'm going to do it for my clients and nobody's going to bring that level of uh, expect standards. And, and, and I was wrong. And I think that when you trust in somebody and realize that, okay, maybe, maybe it takes a little bit of management and maybe you need to, um, And I just maybe need to communicate sometimes about like what's not working for me, even though with Jen, it's honestly like very rarely does that even happen. She sends me something and I'm like, love it. Send to client. But really it's, I think it's bigger. The the message that you tell yourself when you, when you bring on support is like, it's going to be okay. Like I don't need to do it all. And if I relinquish a little bit of control, then, and, and somebody else is doing this part of my business, then I can be more of the visionary and I can be more up here and, and thinking about the, the business as a whole. Where do I want to see the business? You know, what do I want for this year? Maybe being on more speaking engagements, being, you know, showing my face, going out there. So I can't do that if I'm, as Carolyn says, you know, clicking in the mouse. 
if I'm pixel pushing, then I can't be also doing the bigger things. And so it's, it's like, where do you want to be? And then how do you get there? And that's always my advice. You know, and I would say the same thing to both of you. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you. And I'm in the mastermind right now because of that same thing that you were just talking about. Like I want to step back and be the visionary and not like get so caught up with all of the client work, which is another thing that Jen and I were just talking about too. And realizing that like, at first you think, you know, people are, can't do it as well as I can because we're also perfectionists and realizing later that you're like, whoa, like I wish I hired you so much sooner because you're like doing an amazing job. And maybe <laughs> and they, it's hard to find these people too. It's very hard to find these people. And look, I would be lying if I said that it was the first person we hired was like, Jen, because, you know, there's great designers, but they might not have the same vision for the company that you do. But also I do believe that, um, and one of my uh, associate creative directors years ago at um, a company who I still to this day, like he was a great friend and mentor for me. He said, just because they don't do it exactly the way that you would have done it doesn't mean that it's wrong. And so being open to the possibility that, okay, you know, I may have approached this project like this and Jen is obviously not going to be inside my head. And even though sometimes she is, but she's not, going <laughs> to. she might approach it differently. It doesn't mean that it's any worse. It just means that it's different. And, and sometimes that's the best thing about hiring designers is that I don't find myself to be strong in everything I do. I think I have my particular niches that I'm really strong in and other things that I can use some support in. And I hire people who I think complement me. And so they might see they have a slightly different aesthetic or they have a slightly different perspective or way of looking at things, um, or they are really strong in branding or really strong in something else. So um, those are the people that I want on my team. And and that's so that's really important for me, not finding copies of me, co- like copies in me in terms of um, maybe how I look at my work ethic and my values, but not in exact replicas of my work. So that's not what I want. Every single thing you say, I want to be like, yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> For those listening, Jen and I are just nodding the entire time. <laughs> yeah, we're just like shaking, like my headphones Little are about to heads. fall off. Like. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so there's so much that goes into a conversation about being a parent while working from home. And, you know, if you're out there and you're listening, you don't have kids yet, or that's not something that is going to be, you know, for you in your life, then like, it could be anything. It could be your marriage. It could be like Giselle was saying, it could be like your hobbies, like the things that you love to do in your life. Like, how do we balance them? How do we think about them when we're working from home? So I think this conversation is just so widely applicable to so to every single one of us, you know? So I did want to give Becca the opportunity to, um, just kind of give advice. I know there's been so much advice shared already, but if there's any specific advice you have for parents building their design studios at the same time, or you know, just for, for people who want to live their lives the way they want to and not allow their business to take control. I know the big one obviously is support, but you know, we could talk about time management, like structure, yeah. childcare, or like how do whatever. you set boundaries? Yeah, exactly. So something I touched on a little bit earlier, but I didn't go into any more um, depth on it is partnership. And I really believe in the success of my business is largely due to my marriage and the partnership that we have. So for me, what that means is Yoni is not only, so he just to give you a little bit of backstory about what happened. And it's funny because if you look at the numbers of like of last year, it's so evident in the numbers too. But he 
got let go from his company when my son was born. So uh, maybe when my son was like two weeks old, it was like an absolute shit show. And in hindsight, it's funny because I remember we were both in the car coming back from like San Diego or Palm Springs or something like a little vacation. And he got the email and we both just looked at each other and we were like, you know what, this is this is a blessing in disguise. Like this is a good thing. And it was, it was probably the best thing because I also believe that um, as a working mom, I could not do this on my own. Like the the working moms out there that are also the single moms, like I don't have like enough respect for them. Like that is, I do not even fathom that as um, how you can possibly make that work. And I'm sure that like support, support, support. Right. But I know for us, we are, our roles are always fluid, right? Like he is a great father. He is great at, you know, when he's had to stay and be the more like mom, Mr. Mom, like he would have to stay home with the kids and take care of them and do lunches and make sure I'm fed because otherwise like I do not eat. And <laughs> my husband does that for me too. Right. I mean, he's also like a great chef. So I'm very lucky in that regard, but like, lucky. <laughs> but he takes care of all of us and he's, and he really stepped in to do that so I could start the business because I could not do all of that. I can't take one kid to school, put the other one down for a nap, be on a client call at the same time. Like that's physically not possible. And so he was really able to step in and, and say like, how can I be of service? How can I be, how can I be useful? And that's, and that's our marriage, right? Like now he has a full-time job. So it's another kind of like figuring out this transition, what that looks like for our family, everything had to shift but like that open communication and, and being able to be okay with me taking Sky High on full time and him taking more of the being a more present father. I mean, he's always been an incredibly present father, but like being at home full time in that time and not having a job, but me being more of the COO role and the uh, project manager role for Sky High was really important. And that's what I needed. And the second he came on to do that, like you saw the numbers just like skyrocket because it's like little things, right? Like I, I would have consultation calls with clients, but then I was so busy with the actual day-to-day work that I would never even follow up with them, or I would never send them a proposal or I would send them a proposal. And I wouldn't even ask them like five days later if they wanted to, if they were still interested. And then it's like little things like that, that just having somebody else. And in my case, it was my partner. So I was lucky to pick up the slack was really what I needed. And so I didn't feel so alone and so overwhelmed. And like, I was doing this all on my own. And I think like, it can get really lonely working from home when you're also a mom can be a, an incredibly kind of lonely position. So it was, I was able to talk things through with him and like brainstorm about the business. And, and that was great while it lasted. So having a partner who understands that and like non-traditional gender roles is what really works for us. That's awesome. Um, I love um, how Yoni is in our Slack channel and is always <laughs> chiming in on the designs. Like I think always like, chiming in. My so husband would know like the difference between a serif and sans serif font. He'd be like, "Yeah, it looks great. I guess." Like I don't know. And, he, and he Yoni has a great eye. He does have a really? great eye. And I didn't value. And I, the funny thing is he's not a designer. He's a producer. And that's actually how we met is he was, he's a video producer who has like years and years of experience producing commercials and movies and like, you know, a lot of, a lot of big things, music videos, like random stuff, but he's really good at the numbers. But I always kind of was like, okay, honey, like 
I don't need, I don't need you to weigh in on the design. And, <laughs> but then I, I started realizing that like, he actually has a really good eye at design. And so now it's at the point where I'm like, I can't give you feedback. I have to wait until Yoni gets home tonight. And then we can like sit down on the couch after the kids <laughs> go to sleep and talk through it. And he always sees something that I don't see. And I value that input. And so it's, it's, it's also a good reminder that like, I need to get over off my high horse of being like, no, you're, you're not a designer. You don't, you don't get to talk about and have an opinion. Like, absolutely not. You know, like it's definitely my word in, you know, of course, like I can shut his down very quickly. If I think that like <laughs> he tells me something, I'm like, it's okay. Honey. Yeah, we don't, thank you. Thank you. But no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I will say he has a lot of really good ideas and not that he should be the one actually executing the work, but, but he is a, he is a definitely a valuable part of the team. For sure. Having a sounding board like that is so, so important. I need to get to that place where I'm not I'm not saying I need to value my husband's opinion more because like he, I don't know. He's separate conversation he, for a separate day. He, I know, right? <laughs> he'll look at, I'll show him something that I'm working on. He'll be like, oh, oh, I don't like that. And that'll be like my favorite concept. And then it'll start me second guessing and everything. I'll be like, wait, oh my gosh. Like, you're maybe, like, wrong audience. Maybe yes, a non-designer exactly. like doesn't, I know. And so then I think, no, 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 no. He's not like, you know, a mom, like postpartum or something that, like, right, exactly. that I'm working for. Yeah. So yeah. So, that just brings up a, a quick story. When I was in college and I was uh, a marketing assistant, I was creating these posters all the time. And one time I had to create one that had, like it was more of an illustration of Hills. It was for a t-shirt design. And it was hills of our campus with like some other things going on. And I show it to somebody for feedback and everybody loves it. And then one person in particular was like, um, I just showed it to my husband. Like I texted it to him because we were really excited about the design. And he told me it looked like a woman lying down like with the panties on. <laughs> and, ever, and then after that, we all saw it. We're like, oh my God, it's totally a butt with panties. And, but of course and a guy would think that. Like, come on. <laughs> But after that, I realized like it's good to have another person look at something because something that you don't see that could be like interpreted in a bad way, like you're just not going to see it. And so I show my husband too. But it's more like a like Jen saying, well, I'm like, ah, wrong audience. (laughs) I just wanted to see if you see something weird. (laughs) If he likes what I like, then like he's right. But yeah, yeah, totally. Working on that. Same way. Um, But yeah. So um, is there anything that's challenging for you, Becca, about working with your partner? Or is it all just amazing? (laughs) Like there's no wrong answer here. (laughs) Yes. It's all butterflies and rainbows (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Well, we have a healthy relationship in the sense that like I am the one who gets I'm the stubborn and sometimes can get you know a little heated and he's like Mr. Cool like he's like always like happy and like fine and like everything is like you know dandy which gets a little bit annoying <laughs> plenty but like <laughs> at the same time because of that we don't we don't ever have like fights but we definitely disagree I would say that when he was at home all the time there were definitely a lot of points where I was like we'd both be home the entire day and I would be like I just can't look at you right now like I just need to like just go go to yoga like get the get out of my face so it's healthier for, I think for us when he like right now he's able to come home early able to pick up our daughter sometimes able to he takes her to school so he has still flexibility which works really well for our family but he's not home all the time and he's not uh he was also in a job where he was 
he would leave at like 7am and he would be home at 730. So he would like basically not see our daughter. So I think it was finding the balance that works for us where he can still be a part of sky high as much as he wants. Um, and, but not here in my space to like physically for me to have to like look at him all day. Cause that doesn't work for us either. So it's like this, I can call on him. I can text him, you know, if I have a question or if I want to like talk through something, like he can go in a conference room, but it's finding our balance. And that's like where our sweet spot, like that's where we're, we're good. Yeah. I think like just w- with any relationship, whether it's romantic or a friendship, like balance is so important. And I think that when you're trying to find that balance, like when you're newly married or, you know, if you have a roommate for the first time or you know, whatever, like it's just something that comes from trial and error and something that you learn from your mistakes in. So do you have, I guess, like, do you have any advice for our listeners about trying to to strike that balance, whether it's, you know, with work life, like as in, you know, how much time you're spending with your kids versus how much time you're working? Like, was there anything that like, like any moment where you were like, okay, like I had this realization, like, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just kind of spitballing, but just kind of advice for like finding those, like those balance points where you're like, oh, wow this is what works. I think the biggest advice for me is be okay with there not being balance. And Ah, so I I think everybody is searching for the perfect balance and that does not exist. And that's, and when you are searching for that and you don't have that, like that's enter the mom guilt, like enter the feelings of not doing a good enough job. Um, when you just, give yourself permission that like, you're doing the best job you can. Like I'm not the best mom, obviously. Like I try to be present. I try to engage. I try not to raise my voice. I try not, but like I do, of course, like, like any mom, you know, I try just like, I wish that my business was more successful, but like, okay, like, what is that? Right. Like I'm, I'm, am I loving what I'm doing? And if I, am I loving being a mom? Am I loving, am I happy in my marriage? Am I like, that's what matters to me. I am definitely not a balanced individual, but I will say that like, I also listen to myself and what I really need and give myself permission to give that to myself. So for instance, like I've been, and we talk a lot about this, Jen, like you are going through teacher training right now for yoga. Like I am a certified yoga instructor, like yoga was so important to me. And I haven't since my son was born, like really done yoga because the business and two kids and da, 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 like all these excuses. And it dawned on me the other day that like, Becca, your self-care is is taking a toll right now. And this is something that I deal with constantly. Like, am I eating enough? Am I taking care of myself enough? Am I nourishing myself? I'm still breastfeeding. Like it's the, it's a real, it's a real concern. And, but I listen to myself and I give permission. I give myself permission to do things when I feel like it's what I really need. So I'm not going to make false promises and say like, I'm going to start going to yoga every week because I know I'm not going to do that. And then it's just going to end in, you know, feeling bad about myself, but like, it's giving, it's giving myself permission to say, I can do this right now because I know that I need it, or I can do, I'm going to go for a walk, um, today with my son, even though I don't normally like I should be working, but I also like, I need that right now. I need to give me a little bit of self-love. So I'm going to listen to that voice inside my head. I'm going to follow through. And that's F the balance because it's just not, 
I think you'll just be disappointed. You do the best job you can, you know? I think one thing you really hit too is that, you know, prioritizing what actually matters to you right now. And it's okay for these things to change, right? Like our lives are just like constantly changing. And, you know, whether you're having your first child or your second, or maybe you don't have children, but you adopted a dog or you're hosting family for a long time and anything can happen really. And then just deciding what, what's important for me. And and, and most of all, like, you know, choosing to, to choose your health over everything else. And what's super important. And what does it look like for you? And what does that parenting look like for you? And what, so a friend of mine gave me advice once, and I thought this was really interesting where she said, she looks at parenting and her business and the way that she kind of balances it or juggles it is she has, if she's building up for a big launch, a big program, and she's like dedicating a lot of time and she's really heads down. And maybe in that time, she's relying a lot on support, relying a lot on nannies or her husband or you know, mother-in-law, whatever it is, she focuses during that time on her business. And maybe it's, so it's parenting for her is more kind of seasonality where she'll focus on her business during the season. Right. And then when that's done, she'll take maybe her kids to, um, on a nice vacation, or she'll dedicate some time to each of them. Um, maybe, you know, some dates or, or little day trips or, or just moments, right. With each of them to make them feel special or all the kids together. So it's whatever works for you. And you have to kind of figure that out as a parent. Um, and it takes, if you have a partner, I think it takes communication with the partner and figuring out, um, how do we want a parent and how do I want to have a business? And, and, and it's not going to happen overnight. You can't plan it during pregnancy. And then like, poop, the baby comes and you're like, this is my, my life is scheduled perfectly. Like it's, <laughs> it, but we have two kids. We have, it's been three years since they've been on this side of the world. And like, and so we're still figuring it out, but it's this, it's this constant communication of like, what are our values? Like you said, what are our priorities and, and how do we make that work? Oh, I feel like we could just go on and on and talk I know. so much. Like Becca knows that I could talk to a brick wall forever and ever. And so when I'm on calls, I'm like, oh, Becca is busy. I need to get off the phone so she can do her work. But let's, um, let's wrap up. Um, Becca, I did want to give you the opportunity to, to do any plugs or anything. I don't know if you have anything um, that you want to share with our audience? No, I'll be honest. Sky High is undergoing some really big changes this year. We have had a lot of questions asked about, are we going to have templates? So currently we have the Spirit Seeker sales page template and we have, get a lot of a lot of love for that. So I think building some actual website templates is kind of probably going to be happening foreseeable future as well as, you know, a lot of, a lot of exciting projects and work. And, you know, we we're always looking for other experienced entrepreneurs to work with and businesses to, to help. So yeah. Awesome. And I'll do a plug for you. If you guys are not following Sky High Interactive on Instagram, um, if you haven't checked out her website, I think it's skyhighinteractive.com. You should definitely go and check that out. So before we go, we always like to answer our inbox question, our listener question. So today's question is from Stephen Hurrigan. He asks, how should brand designers be evolving for the 20s? And I think we could do a whole episode on this, but just from my, you know, lowly perspective of, you know, being in this branding business for a year, even though I have, you know, years of design experience, you really need to not be looking at what other people are doing and be thinking about what 
isn't existing right now that can serve your audience? I know that's like super general. Uh, I feel like all my answers are, are kind of like that, but that's something that I'm working on personally um, in my own design business is when I'm stuck, you know, when I am like, oh, I don't know what font I should use. Like, rather than going to the studios that I always look at for inspiration, maybe just going to the source, maybe going to the, you know, the individual foundries and finding a font that someone hasn't used yet. That's like super specific, but I would love to hear what you guys think. Giselle, do you want to go? Yeah, I completely agree with you, Jen, actually. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I've seen designers get stuck on is like that imposter syndrome. And it's mainly due to just comparing yourself. And if you only focus on yourself and kind of like nurture that water, that inner plant of yours, (laughs) then you're going to like be really happy with your work and you're not going to even want to compare yourself to other people's work. Another thing I wanted to add that I I think this can be applied to any decade is just to keep reading and like find the things that you're not really good at so that you can get better at it. And in my case right now, it's like delegating, um, just being a business owner, like knowing what it means to run a studio and like all the things that I don't know, like a book, reading a book is going to show me like, oh, I had no idea this kind of thing existed. So that's a really big thing that's helped me grow. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I, one of the the greats, in my opinion, he's somebody who I really respect as a, a brand designer is Aaron Draplin. I've listened to him talk at conferences and have his books and posters. I love him, but he always really talks about this love of old brands, like and going to antique stores or going to um, looking like what Giselle said, looking in books, looking, getting inspired by other things than just, you know, awards.com and these, and these sites where you are starting to see a lot of the same trends. It's like they find a font and then like 300 businesses use it for the same for a different website. And so get inspired by signage and logos and typefaces from years ago. And that's, and if it's if it can work on you know a pin the size of your fingernail there's something really beautiful about that simplicity and start with the basics and really listen to some of these great artists and you know follow them and i think versus the studios of the you know 20s and 30s i would follow more of the the previous generation and listen to their words cuz they have some great inspiration and and um advice and they're they're always who i look at Awesome. So good. That's great advice. All right. Well, thank well, you so much, Becca, for coming on. I'm, we are so excited to release this episode um, into the world. And we just really appreciate you giving your time to us. So yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, you're so welcome. Uh, thank you guys so much. This was so fun. I feel like I too could talk for hours. So thank you. I hope that, you know, our listeners do find this useful and um, to moms or business owners, anyone else listening. So anything I can do, but I, obviously I, I just love chatting about, you know, design and being a mom, all the things. Awesome. <laughs> That's why I knew you were going to be so good. So <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, we will see you guys in a future episode. Bye. 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 We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too, so share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air or want to get in contact with us directly or are interested in a guest interview slot, reach out at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. There are so many amazing conversations happening inside our Facebook community. We'd love to hang out with you in there. Search for Better the Brand Designer podcast to join us. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and each other.